And welcome everybody to the latest edition of the CarCast. This is episode 77, so we're calling it the Ray Bork edition, which is uh, apropos because tonight the Dallas Stars played the Boston Bruins, and they lost 2-1. to one. And in the car driving this time is me, yours truly, Owen Newkirk, alongside Sean Shapiro. So let's pass it to Sean to take the helm since you have to run the lightning round later. Your early thoughts on game one of the new season. It was kind of a weird one, to, weird one to start the season. Um, the Vesna Trophy winner, no, well, sorry, the Vesna Trophy finalist from last year, lets up the first two shots of the season he faces, which are, um, which is odd. Um, he lets up a bad first goal. two shots on goal because there goal, was a yes, really yes, good yes. look for Heinen before he scored. Yeah. on the power play where he missed the net. But first two shots that Bishop had to make a the save correct. on end up in the net. Your um, tweet was, I, I know it was, it was tongue-in-cheek, it, it was but tongue-in-cheek, I, yeah. I got a chuckle out yeah. of it. Because he made a save and then it was 33%. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, if, if uh, as I said later in the press box, if, if Bishop lets up the first two shots he faces and then stops every other one for the rest of the season, the Stars will be in good shape. And uh, he's going to have a lot of good nights, so let's not worry about yeah. it. Um, but uh, there, then, yeah, obviously the injuries kind of come into define tonight where the... Obviously, the real violent, scary-looking one. The, fir- the well, there were two of there those. Was two, yeah. The first one was Blake Como, where it's he uh, takes the puck up to the face, which and is one- always scary because yeah. you know you don't know where is it yeah. in the eyes, the mouth. He's bleeding everywhere. Yeah. The scariest part about that shot was not the blood, though. It was the fact that he could not leave the ice on his own power. Yeah, he, crum- he had to be helped off on his feet, but helped off. The fact he crumbled, um, he basically crumpled, and something something happened there with his legs, and um, he's going to be out at least two weeks, maybe four weeks, depending on... Maybe on longer. Maybe longer. Um, and then there was the really scary incident with Roman Polak going headfirst into the boards. It was extremely scary. Yeah, and it was... It was really quiet in the arena. It looked like it looked like something very bad had happened. Well, and Roman was lying face down on the yeah. ice after going head first, very very awkwardly mm-hmm. into the boards. It went head shoulder. I mean, just it, nothing about it looked good. Yeah. And then he didn't move. Yeah. For a while, and we're, I, I don't know about you, Sean, but I was watching, just looking to see if he started to move his feet, move his hand, like, and he just seemed motionless. Yeah. And that was terrifying. Because you wanted to see some movement. Fortunately, we got some relatively good updates from Jim Montgomery after the game. Yeah. But it was a really awful scene. Yeah, and obviously the update after the game from Jim Montgomery, for those who haven't seen it yet, was he's got full use of extremities at the hospital. He's feeling better. And probably the most remarkable thing that Jim Montgomery said is he could be a player in a couple days, which is hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe after seeing that. Um, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But that that was, and then the injury that we didn't really see. Um, I'm probably gonna have to when I when I when I re, when I re-roll the tape tomorrow. I'm gonna have to go look. You hope for it's it. on camera. Yeah, you hope it's on camera too. But hopefully, you find it when I re-roll the tape tomorrow. Uh, Jason Dickinson out for at least a week with uh, upper body injury. Got cross-checked. Um, the timeline could be altered based off of x-rays and when I hear that that just means potentially longer than a week to me I don't think we see x-rays and think it's less I think a week week is the minimum the only and thing that could be different on that and again this is just spitballing yeah, yeah, yeah. is that if they said look it's painful whatever it is 
x-rays are negative so if you can tolerate the pain you can play if yep. it's x-rays show something worse then you shouldn't play through it that's the only circumstance but you're right whenever they say well we'll wait and see what the x-rays look like you go that doesn't sound promising does it no no it doesn't so a weird game a very weird game uh, 43rd president of the United States George W. Bush was the surprise guest they didn't say anything about it beforehand um, he comes out and drops the ceremonial first puck gets a huge ovation after all the pomp and circumstance of a green carpet for the players, yeah. a huge full lineup introduction, which was great, really gets you excited. Jim Montgomery played into that, played up the crowd yeah. on camera, you know, mouthing the words, let's go, got the crowd really yeah. whipped up. And then the stars fell flat in the first period. And it yeah. was not, I mean, not just the injuries are going to take center stage for this one. But Sean, this team it had last year was notorious for having bad first periods. Or at least not good ones, yes. right? They were one of the lowest scoring teams in the league in first periods. They didn't give up much in the first, but they didn't score any. And Boston put it put it on a clinic in the first twenty minutes. And in the first period, the things that ultimately hurt Dallas on the scoreboard were other two other kind of reminders of past sins from last season. Where one. A player, the player who scored the first goal for Boston was a player Dallas let walk away in Brett Ritchie. Um, he scores the first goal of the season. Not the greatest goal. Ben Bishop owned up to it afterwards that it was something he needed to stop. But yep. just kind of a reminder of that's something Dallas never got from Brett Ritchie last year. They never really got the depth score yeah. they needed last year. And, um, and if you look at the rest of his game tonight, there wasn't a lot that was remarkable about it. His shot just went in, and it wasn't even from a great location. You would have loved to have seen him do that more frequently. Yes. Frequently with the Stars. When he first came up and it looked like he might be a top-six power forward, we saw some of that, but then that kind of dissipated and then never really came back to the way they wanted it. Yeah. And then the other thing that just a holdover... Oh, that guy's going fast, huh? Yeah. To me, anyways, this is the car cast, so we can digress yes. for comments. I'm going above the speed limit. Well, right at 75, so I'm going yeah. exactly the speed limit. And that guy blew by us like we were going 20 miles below. Yes, he did. On a, onto a uh, exit ramp. Just wanted to point that out. Speaking of other infractions, this is a good segue. <laughs> That's um, a great segue. The, Are you going to talk about Alexander Radulov? Yes, tonight? I am. And that is the uh, <laughs> and that is the other thing in the first period that came back to bite Dallas. Led to the book turned into basically the game winning. It was the game winning goal. It was yep. a two nothing goal. Dan it was Hyden. a offensive zone. Uh, that one was a holding one, or was that the that was the hook? I the think first one was the hold. Yeah. And then he had one later, which was a slash. Or a trip. A trip. It was a trip. It was a trip. Yeah. Uh, but they, three of the Stars' four penalties tonight were offensive zone yes. calls. Um, I thought the Yanmark one at at live speed was soft, but then when you watch it again, he checked the Bruins defenseman who had not reached the puck yet. Yeah. You can't do it. Had he bumped him but not hit him into the boards? Maybe not. But And then the trip? Yeah. I mean, Sean, look, yeah, he's going for the puck, but he, tri- he missed. He tripped the guy. It's a penalty. As yeah. much as you want to say, hey, the Stars hadn't had any yet at that point. It was 4-0. Mm-hmm. Then they ended up getting one, yeah. but only half and, a power. And, 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 yeah. and I kind of made this point during the game, too. With Radulov, it's the old effect we saw with Antoine Roussel. You start to lose the benefit of the doubt. When you become yeah. uh, tagged or get a reputation amongst the officials as a guy who does that sort of thing, guess what happens if it's a if he call? You're not going to get that yes. call, right? It's we, We're both big soccer guys. Yeah. If a player gets 
in those diving situations a lot, trying to draw a penalty kick. Guess what happens? They start to say, well, if it's iffy, I'm not going to give you, or you're going to yeah. get a yellow card for simulation. It starts to hang around you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And that's, I mean, that's the case with Reggie Levin. If he has a stick near a guy's feet and the guy goes down, it's probably a pretty good chance yep. they're going to call the trip. Even yep, if, e- sure. even if it's, even if the guy trips over his own feet, there's still a chance that he's going to get that penalty. It's kind of something he created himself, and it's a hard, it's a hard reputation to break. Once you get a reputation, it's hard to break. And frankly, look, he plays hard. He's going after stuff, but Jim Montgomery said he's got to, when he's pressuring the puck, he's got to keep his stick on the ice, and he yep. doesn't do that enough. I like the, he, as he said, his intent is there, yep. is to play hard, compete for everything lead by example. I like all of that except he has to stay out of the box more. Yeah. And the other thing is that, unfortunately, Sean, the Stars picked up right where they left off, not drawing enough power plays. No, they didn't. They, only, they, took, they received two tonight. There were a couple of moments where I thought they could have had more that the referees let go, but ultimately, they're on the wrong end of that again. And that's something that has to change because it can't just be about, well, they have a decent top ten power play percentage they have to be out of the bottom third of power play opportunities. Yeah, you have to right? You have to give your guys a chance to have more than three minutes of power play time. Yes. Which is what they had tonight. Yeah. Um, second period, second, after Pollock's injury, because we kind of talked yeah. about that already. Mm-hmm. Pretty decent response by the Stars. Yeah. They got better. 54 seconds, actually, after Pollock's injury, uh, Hintz scores his first goal of the season, um, where he... He basically just got loose. Nice uh, feed from Pavelski to Yanmark to Hintz. Um, and I think, I mean, I think we've all kind of said and we've all kind of seen, I think Hintz is poised for a big year. Um, Boy, he's so fast, yes. isn't he? And that's, yeah. here's the thing. He is great at speed. Mm-hmm. On that, the goal, he, he gets a great pass from Yanmark, blows through right through the D, and goes bar down yep. over to Garras blocker. If there's any thing that he needs to work on, Sean, it's not what he does at speed. He almost had a one where he drove wide and went to the backhand. Rask made a great save in the first period. You wonder about it's him getting more of that top-line power play and doing stuff where he's not flying around but actually more in a, a set position. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. agree? I agree. No, I definitely do agree with that. That's pretty spot on. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. No. Um, third period, the Stars... I think they had 16 shots in the third period. Um, some pretty good chances. Just couldn't find that final tally. There um, were moments. Sagan there, yeah. ripped one off the bar. Alexiak had a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, what, okay, so before we get to the lightning round, yeah, what do you think the... about the new additions that played? Because we're still waiting on Corey Perry to get healthy. Yes. But Pavelski, Sekiro. I thought... Uh, I thought there were certain things I noticed about Pavelski's game where I was like, yeah, that is his reputation. That's his MO. Um, there was one time where it wasn't even that great of a chance, but he was kind of tied up and he won a battle in the middle of the slot and he got a kind of a weak backhand off. But it, the fact he even got that shot to the net yeah. was something that was kind of noticeable of like, he wins those battles. And then even just kind of, there's a play where he got called for the high stick, actually, on it. You talk about his eye-hand coordination. Yeah. Where Boston tried to clear the zone, he basically almost caught it like a, lac- like a lacrosse player, almost, with a he stick. He had a play, and I can't remember, I think it was in the third period, where he elected to try to pass backdoor. Stars were buzzing. 
Brewers are trying to clear. He won a loose battle in the, in the slot, turned and had a chance to take a half a stride and shoot on Rask. Mm-hmm. And instead, he tried to, I think it was Sagan on yeah. the far right side, he tried to make that pass. And I'm okay that he tried to, but from upstairs, again, much easier to see yeah. from our angle. I wanted him to shoot that. Yeah. Right? One on one with the goal. I get it. If you get make the goalie move laterally, it really heightens the chance of a goal. But, look, I mean, look. Ben Sagan, Pavelski, if they change it, they're going to mix things up at times, but I like the potential for that, and I don't want to just rush to grading one game. No, right? No. Pavelski, it, it, by the way, did get an assist yeah. on the first on the only star's goal. He had the second assist with the Anmarks pass to, to yeah. Rope Hinson. I think we're gonna see a lot of good things from him this year. Sekera, I thought had I thought he was just I thought he was below average. Um I thought he had a rough start. I thought he got a little bit better, but I still... He did not come as... He did not deliver as advertised. Um, and... and Was I th- that all night long or specifically early for you? It was specifically that way early on, but it's not like what happened in the second and third period for him got to a point where I was like, oh, it was just a slow start. It's something where I still need to see more. I need to see what he does this weekend. I need to see what right, he does. Right, I agree with that. Like, um, I didn't think he was terrible. I didn't think he was great. Yes. I thought he was, you said below average. I was yeah. sort of in the average thought. Um, I had some, we had some comments from post-game callers and Bruce himself on the radio saying that he thought he was well below average. I wasn't quite prepared because of the sample size to say I didn't think he was terrible. Yeah, but he didn't blow me away. Either. It's also kind of a weird night too for the defenseman when you go down to five and you're and all of a sudden everything's. It's one thing for Miro and Klingberg to be put together, or Essa and even Alexiak, or any of those guys yes. who played together because they've played together for a year. Yes, and so putting. So I think there's also a little bit of a learning curve there too of when they went to the five, he's the one who everyone's still learning how to play with him. Right. Um, and that's going to take yeah. some time. Also, just a quick side note, just because if anyone ever hears it in post-game comments, just as an FYI to be out there, um, he is Reg. <laughs> just because I I, 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 I figured... You're talking I, about it as a nickname. I, I realized I needed to point this out because Bishop was talking about the goal and he said he was screened by Reg. And You're going... Well, and, Red. and I knew who he was talking. I actually knew who he was talking about, but my colleague at the Athletic Sod was transcribing quotes, and he, right. and, he, and, he and I see him looking up and down the roster, trying to figure out who Reg is. Yeah, trying to figure out who Reg is. <laughs> so, do you know the backstory of how? I mean, Reg is a common uh, nickname in hockey because, of course, from Slapshot yeah. with Paul Newman's character Reg Dunlop. But do you know how he got it? I don't know. I believe looking at how Andre is spelled, someone Americanized the R-E-J and just said Reg. Maybe. <laughs> Again, I'd be very curious to see maybe if you can come up with some more. I mean, yeah. that dig, but dig deep journalism there. Yes. But if anyone, if, but just that's kind of, to put that out there, if you ever hear a player refer to someone as Reg, Reg. You know who it is. Yes. All right. So. That's good to know. Yes. Should we uh, go to the lightning round? Yeah, we'll go to the lightning round. Let's go to the lightning you can always bring up a topic again if you will. I mean, the lightning round doesn't have a lot of rules. The one rule is use the hashtag. Use the hashtag. If you're listening and you go, hi, how come you didn't use my question? I tweeted at you. Put hashtag CarCast. Yes. Otherwise, we just won't answer. All right, let's go. Sean gets to read it tonight. This is fun. doesn't happen very often. Hold on. By the way, you took the dart in today. I did. So you're trying to get your stuff sorted over there. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy not having to 
personally navigate I did actually rush hour traffic light. It took me 90 minutes to do what should be 40 minutes. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I got some work done. I watched somebody get a ticket actually. For not having a ticket. For not having a ticket. It's ironic. Yes. Let's okay. Where are we? Okay. We have I wish I could take the dark, but I where from I live, it's not convenient. From Zach from Zach Gibbons. Okay. In light of the two of the three injuries requiring at least two call-ups, the fact that Ranta is apparently in Tucson right now. What are the chances the Texas Stars are actually able to win tomorrow? And who also gets called up with nobody impressing in preseason? Um, I'm actually going to... That's gonna... a confusing way of wording that. Okay. Um, Is he talking about the Texas Stars game against the Roadrunners? Yeah, they play Texas. More so than the Dallas Stars Saturday against St. Louis. Yes. Um, and then we also have, like, just to go, go through a couple other ones, we have... Uh, Melissa asked, what's your depth list looking like for call-ups? Okay, so there's a we've bunch. Got, uh, yeah, I expected this. We've got uh, we got a couple from Sam. What's Who's first up as call-up? So to answer the call-up question, I actually think for the role they need to fill, they had people in press. Filling Blake Como's role, filling Jason Dickinson's role in the bottom six. Yes. They had Rhett Gardner and they had Nick Camano Important in press. that we... If you didn't hear Jim Montgomery's post-game comments, uh, Matt DeFranks, our colleague over at the Dallas Morning News, asked a question, and I think he was trying to get more of a who's going to be in the top six, but he actually got a really important answer from Monty, yep. which was, we lost two of our top four yep. penalty-killing forwards. That will come into play into yes. this factor, right? Yeah, yep. and so of those final three forwards that were... So, look, look, Texas has... Jason Robertson is not going to be one of your penalty kill guys right now. Texas hasn't played a game yet, so there's no AHL gameplay to say, oh, this guy's beat this guy out or whatever. So we have to go based off the final three cuts of training camp. And that was Gardner, Robertson, and Kamano. Robertson's not going to fill that bottom six role. I believe that to fill that top six role that Dickinson kind of leaves, they basically move... I think Dallin and Gurionov get a chance at at that spot. And... So therefore, you're gonna have an opening for two bottom six guys with uh, with Dickinson and. You heard Monty say maybe three call-ups, but definitely two. And the three and the, Do third, you think call- the third one is a defenseman. The third one will be maybe a defenseman. I think that's kind of my Depends, read on right? it. That's kind of my read on it is it would be maybe a defenseman. And so I'm thinking we're gonna see Rhett Gardner and Nick Camano called up. Um, the defenseman's easy. Yeah, it's they, Joel Hanley. It's Joel Hanley. The he was the last yeah. cut. He's the most trusted of the AHL defenseman right now. Not anything against Dylan Hetherington or yeah. Bayreuther uh, or no, Gleason, no, but, but just, it's, it, it, it's Hanley. He was, the, he, was, he was the last guy cut for a reason on the defense. he played very well yes. in the playoffs when he had his quick moment. So, uh, Any thoughts, Sean? Uh, if you want to go into any detail, we'll probably see more of this in the next mm-hmm. day or two, but the Stars, to do that, are going to have to go on to using some sort of long-term yeah. IR for cap space. Now, they have the roster spots because they can put Dickinson or Polak if they have yeah. to, or Como most likely on IR, it does not affect the cap, just the roster slots. So the, the question I pose to you is, those two players you mentioned, particularly Gardner, has a higher hit. He's in the 925 yeah. mark. I believe so, yeah. So there are some cheaper ones. Joel Lesbrunt's, uh, Michael Mersh, Michael Mersh. Uh, Tanner Carroll, all in yeah. the lower sevens, to, even with but, Mersh is actually yes. in the upper sixes, which is but, below the league, man. But with the role you're going to be, like, typically you'd be like, this is not, you might look at the cost um, if this was going to be only one forward called up, Okay, I think. I think you might look more at the cost. If we were going to call up one forward to play on the fourth line and be a winger, 
it might be Michael Mersh because he's chief. And but maybe if there was enough space to squeeze yes. somebody in without LTIR moving. But they need to have, they need to trust someone who can come up and kill penalties and show they did it in camp. And that's why I think they'll look at okay, Kamano and Gardner get that opportunity. The other because, thing about Gardner. He's a center. Exactly. And if you move Dowling up to play yes. in the top six, because you may not. Dowling may stay, and they might yeah. move Gurion off of yeah. But if Dowling's the one that's up, you need somebody to center the fourth line. It also gives Monty that flexibility to juggle the line in the game like he does. And he loves that and He ability. loves to do that, yes. yes. So Good he point could, by you. He could, have, he could start with Gurionov in the top six, and it could be Dowling uh, in center and Gardner on the wing. With but something that's happened before. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So... Um, those those are basically if you're looking to call up hierarchy, it's Gardner, Kamano. Um, if they if if it's going to be a defenseman, it's going to be Hanley. I know I saw someone tweet at me that it's going to be Harley. It's not going to be Thomas Harley. Um, no. And so uh, let's move on to the. Uh, Look, Thomas Harley is going to be a yeah. Dallas star at some point. He looked great. I hope he progresses really well this year in the OHL. Yeah. He looked great in in training camp. Be patient. Yeah. He'll be here sooner than later, probably, but not this season. Yeah. Uh, from Sean Weiss, uh, rough night for Klinger for my couch. Opening night jitters or weight of expectations feeling heavy. And please say that Seggs won't be the crossbar magnet again this year. Um, Those are two very different things. Yes. The- Let's go to Klingberg first. Okay. I had a caller ask if he was going to get traded. There is way too much knee-jerk reaction about uh, John Klingberg. First of all, no, he's not going to be traded. He's your number one offensive defenseman. He plays a ton of minutes. He is a bargain for what he is in his contract. He's one of the best contracts in the NHL. That's right. So they're not going to get rid of him. And I say this over and over again, but I'm going to repeat it again. The all If you go back and look at the stats, it's available on the NHL website for the top players at giveaways. Yeah. Most giveaways in the league last year. It's all the top defensemen. Yes. Why? Because they have the puck more than anybody else. They're making plays. Sometimes they give it away. More often than not, they don't. I do agree that I thought Klingberg was uh, uncharacteristically sloppy and and lost possession a bunch of times. And not. A, I don't think this was his best game. But come on now. You're really ready to get rid of him or you're mad? I mean, that's well, ridiculous. This, to be fair, Sean here did not. No, I'm, d- yes, I'm it, not going yes, after Sean. Yes. Sean, forgive me. I'm yes. trying to throw away the poppycock yes. that I heard and saw around Twitter and, and our caller yep. that wanted to trade him. All right. Um, next one. Let me. Well, what about the other part of that? Uh, please, the Sagan, please say look, that Segs won't be look, Sagan won't be the cross. He's an elite shooter that picks corners, and when you shoot at corners, sometimes you hit posts and crossbars. Yep. It happens. All right, let me defend myself on this one because you know it's coming here. All right, here Question, we go. Is, this the is it fir- from court? No, this is from Sam. Is this the first first star of Brett Ritchie's career? Now, now I don't I'm, think it is. Sam didn't pose it in a in a way that. But I'll answer this because <laughs> I picked the three stars tonight. Um, and I was specifically asked to give you a lot of crap. And, that's, and, and you know what? That's fine. I admitted this in my post-game 2020. I probably should have included Tuka Rask in the three stars. Did you do that just to have another 2020 com- uh, segment? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I actually cut a 2020 segment to then Why go defend myself. Why do you think Brett Ritchie so, should have been the number one So star? I had... I, well, he probably should have been the second star. should have been Heinen as the first star. I would... If you're going to put him yeah, in, yeah. he shouldn't be the number one. Yeah, I'll and so I... Essentially, I looked at it with seven minutes left in the game. That's when we picked the three stars. And I looked at it this game where this was a game where both teams were really slow to start. It was, but the Bruins did what they needed to to take the lead. 
and they and that was enough to win this game where I don't think Dallas really had that many quality chances. They had they had, they had a couple. They had two in the first period. Yeah. That's a fabulous defensive effort and they look they were in the star zone a ton yeah. in that first period. It got better in the last four. And so should Tuka Rask have been in the three stars? Probably. He probably should have been. And I'm willing to admit that in hindsight, but it's also I don't have a problem putting Brett Ritchie in the three stars. I thought that goal was was key for Boston. I thought it also really actually rattled Dallas more than it should have. Uh, and it so I my turn. Okay. I mean, yes. I know everything you're going to say right now. Okay. Well, like, I have to. Yeah, but you do. But our listeners need to hear this. Brett Ritchie should not have been in the three stars tonight. He scored a goal. It was a decent shot. It wasn't a great angle. Ben Bishop admitted afterwards he has to make that save. Not, well, you know, I did the right positioning. It just was a bad bounce. No, he missed it. It happens. But he was not one of the best three players on the ice, let alone the number one star. Should have been Tuka Rask. I know it's hard. To your credit, you cannot pick the three stars after the game. And Rask made a few very good saves in the final five minutes. Although the stars in the final two minutes when they pulled Bishop for the extra attacker could not get through the wall of Boston bodies in the slot mm-hmm. and get a quality chance. The last one I had down was Cogliano's shot from the high left circle yes. that Rask stopped up near the collarbone area. Yes. That was it. That was with four or five minutes left. So Boston really limited in those final few minutes the chances for the Stars to get that equalizer. But you want to argue Heinen won, Rask two? Okay, I'm fine with that. Ropa hints, you did spot on. He was the best Stars' best player on the night. No problem there. Brett Ritchie, I love the guy. He scored a goal, and then he disappeared most of the rest of the game. He didn't look overly physical. He didn't seem to be that much in on the four check. Shouldn't have been in the three stars. All right, I've said my piece. There's your counterpoint. You're not the only person who said that to me tonight. <laughs> so I... Well, I did, I doubled, did a double take because when I saw a question saying... What's going on with the three stars? I go, no, he didn't really do that, did he? So, anyway, moving on. Well, and <laughs> he still wants to defend himself. I know. Let's, let's move on to the next one. I think um, he should. Um, Brad asked about the call-ups. We already covered that. Uh, Gallup, Gus, how much stock should we put into the into Sakara's performance? And I think we kind of covered that already. Not um, a ton. Let's wait and yeah. see five, ten games in where we're at. Yep. Um, AJ asked about the call-ups. Court. Yep. Court wanted to talk about the three stars. Yes, she did. She um, saw me at the post-game show yeah. and asked in person and then tweeted it to make sure I didn't miss it. So thank you, yes. Court. Uh, our friend TJ McAloon down in Austin. Hi, TJ. Um, this is, I'll say this one, then you can just give me one answer just because we'll move on since he's trying to derail things. Good Lord. Uh, what EPL name does Austin FC need to bring in casual fans for their MLS debut? Um, they're not going to get them. But you know who's available right now who's not playing is Mesut Ozil from the from Arsenal. Yep. But I hear there's a chance he might end up with Inter Miami. Yep. So uh, another one available. Any any thoughts off the top of your head? Uh, aging player perhaps no. that does is is out. I mean, I can't really think of any right now. Um, let's see. Okay, we'll stick with Ozil. But they're yeah. not. Austin's not going to get. Uh, groups. By the way. On a side note, I know this is a hockey podcast. Austin FC, when they come in, will be have a full team. It's not an expansion club. Mm-hmm. It's a relocation of the Columbus crew. So everybody playing for the crew right now. the crew now, are keeping the team. They, hold on. 
Oh, God. <laughs> this is like the no. North Star's dispersal draft. No. Here's how it works. The Columbus crew are relocating to Austin. All the players that play in Columbus right now, right, last week of the season coming up on Sunday, will all become members of Austin FC if they're still under contract. Coaches, too. Columbus crew are getting an expansion franchise and will actually be selecting in the expansion draft this year, this December, along with Inter-Miami. Seriously? Seriously. As an expansion team, they will keep the name and colors, but it's going to be an entirely new franchise. Because remember, the guy that owned Columbus wanted to leave for Austin anyway, and they struck a deal to keep the crew alive by making an expansion team. That's ridiculous. It, everybody playing for the crew right now that are in that's in contract will be an Austin FC player next year. That's ridiculous. Isn't it? I was completely shocked. That's like the... Uh, so. To connect it back to hockey real quick, that's like when the... So if you're a uh, huge Jossie Zardes fan, probably going to be playing for Austin next year. I don't know if you feel good or, bad or not bad about that, but that's... To cut and connect it back to hockey, we've yeah. got... Um, <laughs> that's how the... Uh, when the Stars... When the, when the Sharks entered the... Uh, when the Sharks entered the league, mm-hmm. there was actually a splitting of the old North Stars. Mm. Because the North Stars were... Technically, the North Stars were a conglomerate of the Calif- of the of, sorry the Cleveland Barons and yep. the California Golden Seals. That's right. And so when the Sharks entered the league, it so was they became it was two franchises that became one, one, but still had. And so technically, in ninety, and technically when the Sharks entered the league in ninety two. Well, the Stars moved to Dallas for 90, the ninety three. Yeah, I think ninety four yeah, season. So I think it was ninety one or ninety two when okay. the Sharks entered the league. They it was a dispersal draft, and so there were players that. So basically, San Jose got to take, I think, seven or eight players from Minnesota, <laughs> and there was actually players that got traded that San Jose took from Minnesota and then traded back to Minnesota for picks or for other picks, players, yes, because yes they wanted to keep them in Minnesota. God, yes. that's weird, isn't it? So, yeah, right, our friend Groobs has a question. Oh boy, hey, um, did either of you get to pet a doggo today? If so, how much of a heckin' floof was it? Heckin' floof? Heckin' floof is the term, is the phrasing. Okay. Um, my story will be NHL Network related. Okay. We have a puppy who's a few months old now. His name is Guinness. Mm-hmm. He is the fourth dog we have. We have four miniature dachshunds. So, yes, right. We have a nest of wiener dogs. I, he's great. He's also a alpha, I call him my alpha in training, because even though he's low man on the pecking order, he's trying very hard to be top dog. He's not yet, because our oldest male is still the alpha, but he's assertive and he will talk to me. He'll bark once and say, hey, I want your attention, or pick me up, or, you know, he's he's not the quiet one. I had an NHL network hit this afternoon. It was around 4.10. We usually feed them at 4.30. They get fed twice a day, right? Most dogs eat in the morning and in the afternoon. I closed him out of our office slash guest room to do the network, the FaceTime NHL network hit. And halfway through my conversation with EJ Raddick, Guinness starts yelping. First, I hear him scratching at the door. I'm going, gosh, I hope he doesn't start to bark. Halfway through, he yelps, yelps, yelps. And at the end of the hit, before we sign off, EJ says, we have to see the dog. What's going on in the background? I'm like, oh, I hear, you hear it. He says, can you go get him? I said, he's on the other side of the door. It would take too long. 
The truth was, I didn't want to stand up on camera because I was still wearing gym shorts on the lower half. Because you weren't in pants. I had shorts on. <laughs> it wasn't like I was in my underwear, but I didn't want to flash the shorts on the suit. So I just said, hey, and truthfully, I said, it's going to take too long for me to get up from my chair, go open the door, let him in. So Guinness did not make his NHL Network video debut, but he was on audio. So that was the, you could have done the awkward slide. Uh, yeah, I would have unplugged it and rolled it out of the screen. Yes, and yeah, I could have done that. You Maybe I should have. You could have dove under the desk. That would have been just, great. Just like, like eleva- elevated, yeah, just <laughs> elevated under the desk, <laughs> crawled hands yes. and knees, yes. hoping nobody can see yes. my shorts. Yes. Well, anyway, yeah. So my and then you could have held, and then you could have come back, crawled hands and knees, and then had the dog arise. Here's getting. Uh, well, <laughs> like, fortunately, there's a missed opportunity here. Yeah. Well, they said um, it wasn't the biggest deal and it wasn't the worst distraction they've had on TV and NHL Network. So it's not like they won't ask me back again. Yes. That's good. I had the. Uh, I, I saw a police dog get pet today. And normally, you don't get to see them get pet. You, ordinarily, because they're service yes, working dogs. But there was one. Ask, there was don't, yeah. Pet them. There was one at AAC today where someone asked to pet it, and then someone, the police officer, let them pet it. Was it a bomb dog, bomb sniffing? I don't. Or just a regular. I think it was just like a canine. I think it was just a canine unit dog. I don't. I don't know enough about what the duties of all the canine units are, but yes. But I saw a police dog pet at the game after the game. Always important that you bring that up, Sean. Ask before you approach to to pet uh, a police dog. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. Let's see. From Austin, who are you looking at to have the biggest impact due to injury that isn't currently on the roster as of press time? Um, I guess I, my answer on this one is it's Rhett Gardner because of what he brings to what he gives Montgomery as far as lineup flexibility. Situationally. Yes, whether that's, whether, that's, whether that's play or not, but as far as someone who, okay, he can be a fourth-line center and allow us to try this guy in the top six and things Just like that. Just spitballing here. Do you think there's anything to the fact that they didn't play him in the Thursday game, preseason game against Minnesota, because remember Dowling suffered that minor injury, mm-hmm. and then he, they wanted to get him yeah. back in. He was he thought he was going to play, mm-hmm. then they changed it, and the Kamano got to play. Yeah, do you think there's anything to that of Kamano being above him in the pecking order at all? Um, I mean, let's face it; they're going to call them both up most likely, but maybe. Um, Again, I wanted more from Nick Kamano yeah. in those last two preseason games because I really thought there was a chance. Mm-hmm. That he could do something, or the second to last preseason yeah. game, I should say. Um, I wanted with Yanmark out of the lineup and Gardner not playing and Ben out. Go snatch that. Go show that you deserve it over a guy like Gurionov, and it just it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. From uh, Stars by Potter twelve, do the Stars look like they're slow on the release when they shoot? It seems like they allow the defense to set up before they get a shot off, like they're overthinking it. Um, it's situational. But there are absolutely times where I think the Stars try to make that, they overpass. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a lot easier for us to say it up top because you can see things develop slower. You see the spaces that you don't see. I promise you, you go on the ice, even at our beer league speed, which is nothing. <laughs> it looks like old people yeah. walking on ice compared to the NHL. There's a lot less time and space than you think when you watch from up top. from Or from even the lower bowl, the higher... Area, but that's faster than our press box perspective. My big thing is, is that yes, they probably should shoot for more. I want to see that from Jamie Ben this year. Yeah. I want to see him shoot more. He's got a great shot. Let's take advantage of it. I want Pavelski to do that. Let's, you know, let, it's one game. Let's. Yeah. If you get ten games in and you see the same trends for ten games, then feel free to tee off on. I, I think some of these questions will actually be a lot 
better discussed in our next CarCast because we'll have... That'll be after this game, three road games. It'll be at the fifth game of the season, if I'm doing math correct in my head. And then there'll be more of a sample size for us to be able to say, okay, that is... This is a trend or this isn't a trend. I think that's... Um, and that's next Thursday's or next home game. Um, let's see. Um, although tonight's game was disappointing, would I be incorrect in saying that aside from the first 10 minutes of the first, the Stars played close to Boston's level? I think that's not that's not that ridiculous of a statement. At least the th- yeah. second and third period, yeah. yes. And I actually thought they, for the most part, were the better team, especially you know parts of the second and definitely in the third when yeah. they were pushing. They had Boston on their heels, but Boston, you know what? They maintain their lead well to hold on to a one-goal lead on the road. That's not easy to do against a good Stars team. Yeah. Um, Ardell, last one. Um, Nathan also had a question about who our call-up pick would be, but we already yeah, went we over that. Yeah, we that already. Ardell wants to know, the arena seemed a little bit cooler temperature-wise, and the ice also looked a bit brighter than seasons past. Am I imagining these things, or did the Stars spend money on infrastructure upgrades? They did. So they did. Um, they replaced the lights. um I don't know if they replaced all the lights, but they put new lights up new top. New LED lighting. New LED lighting. Um, new ribbon lighting as well. Yes, new ribbon the, lighting. The the, the lighting, um, it is brighter. It's it's definitely something you notice from up top. It seems sharper. Um, yeah. It's something I've talked to players about that you notice it like when you walk into the arena at first, but then it seems the same to you them throughout play, the game. Right. Yeah. You stop thinking um, about it. I don't know if the players have noticed as much, but definitely watching it from yeah. our perspective, it's noticeable. It looks bright. It does. Um, as far as the rink being cooler, I'm not sure if that's a... I think it was just super hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think that's what it is because it's the type of thing Another where... a gross non-hockey yeah. weather day, was it yeah. not? Yeah, because I feel colder. Personally, I feel colder in rinks in the rink down here than we'll go up to St. Louis and Detroit. I'll go to St. Louis and Detroit this weekend, and I'll go into the rink and I probably won't feel cold. Yeah. Because I'm going from going from temperature... Yeah. Except for when you go to the island... Mm-hmm. Or, well, in this case, Brooklyn. Yes. Because that rink is freezing. Mm-hmm. You guys wear winter hats in that rink. Yes. Bro- like press and media and broadcast kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, it can be a matter of perspective. It can be... I mean, look, when I worked... Well, the one rink that I always noticed this was the um, Times Union Center in Albany. We Our press and broadcast position was in the upper bowl where we were pretty much in front of the, the vents. Mm-hmm. When it was hot outside, it was freezing because you got all the air conditioning right on your face. So in the beginning and end of the season when it was warmer, right? The beginning of the season, it was still warm in yeah. the, you know, October early. And then in the spring, it's ice cold up there. Middle of the winter when it's below freezing outside, real wintry New York weather, just so hot because the heat to warm up the, the fan <laughs> yeah. are all blasting us and then going down into the lower bowl mm-hmm. again it's a 15,000 seat arena that only you know they've had the usually the upper level was curtained off except for our media and broadcast position and scouts you'd be have sleeves up there was one broadcaster I will keep him his identity secret who took his shoes off had the, the pant legs pulled up and the socks out because he was so hot it was just uncomfortable it was just it puts you to sleep on some nights because it was that sort of like you know when you're in the car on a cold night and somebody's blasting the heat yeah and it just makes you sort of soporific yeah you just uh, at that you get that late night that's when you have like it's that a late, malaise that late night drive and you have to open the window to like wake yourself up the cold air yeah. helps for that yes yes but anyway yes that can be deceiving for weather sometimes yes 
That's all I have. That's that's all I have. I guess the my one first road trip for you coming up. First road trip, we'll have uh, St. Louis. Oh, are we going to? We got hold the phone. Okay, okay. Are we going to have a resolution to the carrot cake story? Because this is the first chance you will be in St. Louis. I, I hope so. Since this ridiculous preseason storyline emerged. I hope so. I may have to text uh, JR right now and get him to uh, see if... Uh, He's going to have to talk to Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale. Yeah. And the, the two radio guys for St. Louis. Do you want to give any backstory on that? Because I read it on Twitter and went, what the heck? And then, of course, it was just a coincidence. But it was really funny that... <laughs> Carrot cake on the next game, which was the yes. Thursday against Minnesota last week, was offered. I'm going to use carrot cake with quotations, which doesn't work well in a podcast because quotations. It wasn't really carrot cake. It was sort of it was whatever. It was called carrot cake. I thought that was funny. So the carrot cake story background for those who don't know, um, <laughs> probably dur- many of them during the uh, it was the third to last preseason game. It was last a week from Tuesday. Yeah. So against St. Louis. Um, and the uh, You didn't attend that. You I was not home. at that game. The Blues broadcast radio broadcast. Basically the what the Blues did was they uh, on Fox Sports Go they put out the arena feed and then they laid the radio broadcast over it. So you got to to watch it even yes. though it wasn't on television. Yes. And essentially it was the uh, in the Blues radio broadcast Someone made a, a a carrot cake on the grill. They grilled a carrot cake. That's intriguing. And they cooked it like they they cooked it that way over like like stones and whatever. Like, and they were talking about it quite a bit on the show. Um, and at one point, the kind of uh, they they uh, they talked about how this carrot cake was so good it was orgasmic. I know preseason games are boring or yes. lower intensity, but come on. And I and I made the comment on Twitter while listening to this. I said, well, we've gone too far with the carrot cake conversation. I did not mention anyone. I did not I did not tag anyone. Right. However Somebody follows you. Somebody follows me. And, and got back to the broadcast. And got back to the broadcast and they told me I should come have a try a piece of the carrot cake. Where and so Saturday night, you will be there. I will be there. Will and there be carrot cake? I, I, I don't know. expect that but, you will follow up on. But this here's the best backstory on, on that. your 2020, please. So, I actually got a text from a couple media members in the press box in St. Louis because they were playing this over the PA in the press box. So everybody in press row. So everyone in the press row was hearing this, and so essentially they said the reason they said Sean should come down and try this is because they assumed that I would hear it. And be there. And be there. Well, you weren't and there. I wasn't there, so. Gosh. Um, I, my favorite part of that whole thing was, since they were blasting this over the PA and talking about this orgasmic cake. <laughs> by the one, way, I've never heard yes, that described as During that. one intermission, <laughs> they had Doug Armstrong on right after he made the Falk trade. Okay. And they're talking, and so... He watches from the press box. So he's heard this entire conversation. And then they bring him into the booth for a very serious conversation about this trade. And then he leaves. And then they go right back to the carrot cake. But he has heard everything because everyone is hearing everything up top. You wonder, <laughs> he must have a pretty good sense of humor. Or it's preseason. And- or, I mean, I guess when you've, when you've won a Stanley Cup and you can enjoy yep. it. So. And he does. He is a big fan of Dallas. Oh. So... There you have it. Great way to end the Ray Bork edition. Yes. 
We'll be back, I guess it's next Thursday, right? That's the next home game? Yeah, Stars against the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. Presuming that our travel allows yes. for the carpool mm-hmm. in one shape, way, shape, or form. So let's expect 78. Now we're getting into weird numbers. Yeah. We'll get to the Alish Hemsky pretty soon. 83. Yeah. That was his birth year. Thinking of what one might be I'm trying to think if I can think of anyone for seventy eight. No, we have to go with the. We're gonna I, have to, we're if have you to look go. at the Bruins numbers, because all their single digits yeah. are retired, they've got some goofy. Which is one of the greatest things, because Charlie Coyle can't wear number three anymore. Why does that make you happy? Because he's wearing thirteen now with Boston, which is a forwards number. Is it I, because three? I would just get is, I would get lost watching Minnesota of like. Why is the defenseman so far so down? You're in the so zone? used to sing, low yeah, yeah. single digits being defensemen yes. and going that doesn't like, add up. Okay. I'm I'm fine with. I think I I could see a forward as if someone's a number. I think even number seven. Or seven six. was a common yeah. forward number. Yeah. Remember Matt yeah. Cullen yeah. wore a lot of seven. I could see seven or above. If it gets down to seven or eight, I'm like okay, that's fine. That's that that's a forward. Well, but you six and under, you six want and, six and under. You're thinking like, wait, why is a defenseman? And that's what I always thought with Coyle in Minnesota. Why is why is a defenseman that far up in the zone? I mean, the Bruins numbers, they have a ton yes. of double digits way up all over. 80s, 90s, 70s, you name it. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's what happens when you have that many retired numbers. That's right. Um, everyone, thanks for listening.